But for many people, it has been the experience in the first place of coming face to face with kind of the complexity of creation and the intricacies of nature that has in fact pointed them to God himself, pointed them to this greater idea of a, a creator beyond and behind all of these things. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, said it exactly these things. He said it like this, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, which I think is an interesting way to say it, God's character, God's all of what makes him tick about who he is, his eternal power and his divine nature, they have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men and women are without excuse. They have been clearly seen. These, these qualities and characteristics of who God is have been seen through his creation in the mountains and the oceans and the flowers and the deserts and the animals and the people. God is showing himself and he's showing us just what kind of a God and a creative God he is. So the more we discover about our world through the means of science, the greater our appreciation and our awe and our awareness of just how great God is should, should become. None of us should be more inquisitive in this world about the, the, the means of scientific discovery than Christians. And so, you know, we have this, this thinking about this conflict that, that the video kind of spoke of, but let's not shy away from it. Instead, let's kind of lean into it. I love, I was out at the Westmont graduation, Laura graduating with chemistry, right? And just all this, you know, love it. And, and if your kids have scientific kind of, you know, leanings, then we should encourage them and, and, and help them become and grow and discover all of these things. God is at work through this, and we can be aware of that and hopeful in that and believe that science can strengthen our faith. The last one I want you to hold on to is this final thought. I want to leave with you, and then we'll bring these guys up here to get a little bit more of their story. It's this just simple thought that we, as we think about this conversation between faith and science, we should proceed with some caution, and we should always pursue truth with humility. We should always pursue truth with humility. The reality is, we consider the world around us, there are certain things that science can do, do well, help us very deeply and importantly, and there are other things that, that our faith can do that science can't really even touch. If you think about Scott up here playing his trumpet, I just anticipated you know, him playing this morning and thinking about a scientific appraisal of what Scott did up here. I mean, scientists could look at what he did and they could... They could analyze it, and they could break down just the airflow that started somewhere down at Scott's toes and came all the way up here, and how it was influenced by the muscle in his lips and the shape and the tightness and how that, that sound hit the, the metal of the trumpet and how the trumpet is particularly, you know, at a certain diameter of those tubes and how they're shaped in particular ways, and then when his fingering of the, of the thing, finger things here. Um, what am I doing? I know how to play the trumpet. Um, these things here, how that affects the sound as well. And scientists could talk about how when that sound wave is created out of the trumpet, it hits the, the air and it carries to our ears and then into our brain and how it produces sound and how we kind of respond to that. 
there's a whole scientific awareness of what's going on here in this playing of this trumpet. And yet, there are other things about what was going on up here that science can't touch. I mean, science can't, can't explain the, the feeling that we got in our hearts as we, as we thought about the fact that this great friend of ours and his wife and family are going to be leaving and going from us. And, and yet, we're celebrating that because it's a, we believe that it's a, it's a call of God on their lives. And, and science can't explain that when we looked at page 44 in that hymnal and we began to think that, yes, God, you are faithful. You are at work. You are leading in their lives. That, that sense of confidence and that sense of hope and that sense of belief and faith that we had in our lives, science cannot explain that. There are parts of us that science can't touch. The, the core, that we are spiritual beings, that we are that we are people living with a purpose and a meaning. Science can't really get at these. Only faith can. Now, one other issue as we pursue this with, with humility is this simple idea that while science can't touch certain issues in our lives, there are other things that we probably shouldn't necessarily look for faith to touch as well. And I would just simply say it like this, that we probably shouldn't, not probably, we should not look at this book as a scientific textbook. And I just want to just kind of maybe say it like that, that this book, while it contains great historical and objective and scientific fact and, and reality, it was not intended or written or gathered or inspired by the Holy Spirit with the means of being a scientific or even a historical textbook for us. It was written as a means of communicating who God is. And how God relates to his people and how God wants to, to, to bring salvation to his people. Now, this is probably no more abundant. I'm not going to say a whole lot about this, but no more evident probably than in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. Because a lot of times we kind of look to that as the place where science is most clearly explained in the Bible. But in reality, there's at least a couple of different creative creation narratives in those first couple of of chapters of Genesis, which points to the idea and points to the fact that, that God in these passages of Scripture most likely didn't have in mind teaching us about science. What does he want to teach us then in these first couple of chapters? Well, he wants to teach us about how great of a creator he is. He wants to teach us that he wants to be in relationship with his people. He wants to teach us that he is able to, take, to, to, to bring beauty out of chaos. He wants to teach us that as humans, we are the pinnacle of his creation. And, and we are stamped with his image. And we are, we are called to be caretakers of creation. And at the same time, we are fallen in sin. Some very abundant, abundant amount of teaching that goes on in those, original, in those early chapters of the Bible. But not necessarily about science. What this means is... We need to let science kind of put its piece into the picture and our faith kind of put its piece into the picture and approach it all with great humility. I, I think I want to stand with Job. Listen to these words that God said to Job in, in chapter 38. The Lord answered Job out of the storm and he said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you. And you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me 
if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. God being sarcastic. Who stretched a measuring line against, across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far, you may come, and no farther. Here is where your proud ways halt. In other words, God is saying, you weren't there, but I was. Pursue truth with great humility. I'm going to invite Josh, Ford, Danny, L.E.D. You guys come on up here. That's Kylie to help me grab a couple of benches there, stools if you can. Um, I have, again, just been encouraged in chatting with these guys in thinking about today. And um, I love being able to do this because on the one one part, I love for you to be able to get a little bit of a, uh, a, a new awareness or a deeper sense of who some of these people are in our, in our congregation. And so I just, many of you know Danny Elaidi, he's our campus pastor in Carpinteria, but he also does some other things, and uh, you're going to hear about that a little bit uh, right now. And some of you know Joshua LaForge and are getting to know him. But Joshua is also just a wonderful uh, young guy. He's been in our small group this year. He is um, connected to Talar Ohanian and soon to be related to her. They are engaged, just got engaged a couple of weeks ago. Talar, stand up for a second, would you? Yeah, Talar. We're, we're, we're excited for sure. And... Uh, so it's a joy, but these guys also have tremendous science backgrounds. They've been a great help to me in thinking about this, and I wanted you to hear a little bit about their story. So, Danny, why don't you start, would you? And here's a microphone for you, and just talk a little bit about your background in science, I guess, and just your interest, how you got interested in it, and some of the maybe studies you participated in, and how you're even using that in your life, uh, even right now. All right. Um well, some of my strengths, uh, let's start with in common language, uh, are analyzer and learning. Uh, and that has some been something that has kind of dominated who I am. Uh, as uh, my wife complains often, I analyze things to death. Uh, but that really has uh, driven me into the science, uh, into the science arena. Um, I got a uh, BA in biology in environmental science, um, really out of, an, uh, of a hunger of under trying to understand how things work. Um, so currently I am working for a company that specializes in biological control. So we do insects that kill other insects. And we really get like a first-hand look at the incredible uh, world, really, that is hidden if you don't look for it. Uh, but that I get really enthusiastic about. Um, and so I think that's really my, my, uh, my science background. The interesting thing of the video was that uh, how can you mix those two? So that's probably the reason why I'm 
somewhat strings from time to time because I'm trying to mix theology and science, and uh, it seems to work out well for me. And Jonathan, go ahead. Um, Tell us a little bit about, about your background as well, how you kind of got into this whole arena of life and where you're, what you're doing with it now. Um, so I also graduated with a, a BA in biology um, from UCSB, and I'm currently teaching um, physics and biology in, in the high school level. Um, so since I'm now really focusing on the physics, you know, the guys you saw in the video with all their quotes, those are sort of all my heroes up there. Um, and I don't know. So one of the interesting things about the, the connection was that we both were scientists first. Um, Danny and I are both, both came from a science background, and then that science ended up being kind of the part of a basis of our faith. Um, and so sort of what happened was we were in I was in college at least studying biology, um, which is maybe one of the things that people most like to throw up against science and say that they don't fit. Um, and I started asking this question about God and, and who, you know, what's the real answer there? Because as a scientist, you, you don't really believe that everybody kind of can have their own opinion. You, you tend to believe that there are true things and, and want to figure out what those are. Um, and so um, I started to sit down and, and ask the question real seriously of, of what would a scientist do if they wanted to figure out if God was real or not? Um, oftentimes what happens is scientists will they'll look at God and they'll start from the position of saying God can't be true, and so we're going to just throw lots of evidence against, up against that. But that's not real science. The way a real scientist works is usually they take an idea, they accept it as truth, and then they kind of try to find evidence to prove themselves wrong. Um, and so that's what I did with, with, with religion, is I sort of accepted it as true. And I said, um, if God's real, here's all the things that should happen. You know, people say that your life should change, and people say that you should have these experiences and stuff. And guess what? Yeah, all those things happened. Um, and I don't see change anywhere else in people's lives except in the church and in religion. And to me, that ended up being huge evidence, and I think to all of us, it's good evidence that um, God was there. And so scientifically, I went, yep, that's my theory, and, and nothing is, has proved it wrong since then. So. Awesome. Um, Danny, jump in on that as well, and then Joshua. Just talk a little bit about how your, yeah, how your science and faith have interacted, whether kind of one informing the other at certain stages of life and then vice versa. How, how have you kind of danced this dance, I guess, uh, between faith and science? Okay, well, before I uh, answer that question, um, besides God, the one thing that can change you will be your wife. I'll let you just, I'll let you know. But, but Josh is, is, uh, is right in describing that science has been a foundational part of who I became uh, and saw myself as a created being, uh, really uh, made by a loving God. Um, I come from, an, uh, from a non-believing family. My parents, till this day, do not uh, believe. So when I started going into biology, I, I had the ability to look at the wonder of how things are working 
And I really had my uh, Romans 120 moment by in doing so, that I did see his divine nature and his eternal power and his invisible, uh, his invisible hand at work in things that are so beautiful to see uh, that for me, the whole idea of that this came about randomly just did not hold up anymore. So I really started to doubt if the evolution theory was able to explain everything that we see around us. And I really started to see the evolution theory for what it is. It's a theory with some plots. Uh, and for me, that drove me to the idea of, I think that a creator is a better theory. Now, once again, that does not prove that there is a creator. I think we have to be clear about that. We can disprove that evolution theory is not a good theory, but that's kind of where it stops. Um, but for me, uh, I put in that place uh, a creator, and uh, I really, that, that started it. I, I went from a creator to, okay, if this creator is really at work, how does he reveal himself? Who is Jesus in this whole context? And then made those steps towards a personal relationship with a, with a loving God. But science was the first bridge for me into religion. Anything else you'd add at that level in terms of, even, even now in teaching in high school, a little bit. How how is a public high school physics teacher? Te I get to teach evolution too, so there's, there's that in there too. I teach biology as well, um, and I mean, what I tell, always tell my students because of course it comes up either because a kid is just kind of trying to mess with you and thinks they'll be able to get out of the lesson if they convince you that their priest told them they can't believe that, um, or what's more common is they don't know what to think. I mean, it is, especially when you're in high school and you know, you're getting attacked from all these different directions, different people's beliefs, and you're not old enough to really know what your beliefs are. Um, it's a very confusing time. So I deal with people that are right at that stage. And um, the truth is, I don't tell them anything I don't believe. So um, when it comes time to teach evolution, I always make sure to be clear about that because because, I mean, with me, it is, a, it is a balance, kind of like you're talking about. If, if it's a spectrum of, of believing in how literal the Bible is, I end up being more toward the, the, the figurative side of you know, believing that some of these stories are maybe um, not, not a historical kind of genre, but maybe a little more um, kind of like a parable, if, if that makes sense, kind of meant to, to illustrate general ideas, but not to be literally true. And that's, that's just me. Right now, I think that probably comes from having to to do both. And, um, but yeah. Okay. Um, talk a little bit, both you guys. I mean, we're we're kind of enmeshed in this world, and we have uh, things going on all around us. We have the new atheists, you know, that are writing their books, and we have all sorts of scientific inquiry. We have evolution, we have, again, some of these issues that I mentioned before, global warming and, and stem cell stuff and all these kinds of things that, while not a whole lot about, I mean, there's 90% of science that maybe doesn't really ever overlap with faith and we just kind of, you know, we all go to the doctor and get our, you know, prescription and we don't even think twice about it necessarily, but there's other things that we, 
that do maybe overlap at some level. And how do we, you know, you, you kind of heard some of my things that I'm kind of, you know, throwing something at it here. What other handles might you give or just encouragement to, to people like us, just faithful followers of Christ, many of us, and not necessarily trained scientists, but trying to figure out how to kind of navigate this, uh, this world a little bit, kind of maybe big picture and then maybe some specifics, anything that kind of comes to your mind. Whoever. Um, so the first thing that I would say is um, I think general, generally in the population, we don't have a good idea of what um, science can and can't do. I mean, when you, when you do a science experiment, a science experiment can never prove something to be true. That's just not the result. So if you go out to, to prove that evolution is true, that's not how science works. What you can do is you can prove things are not true. Um, so you can disprove evolution, or you can disprove you know, that the sun, the earth is the center of the universe, but you can't ever prove things true with science. Um, and so a lot of the times when dealing with these questions of, of God or, or evolution, you know, people will either say, um, oh, well, you know, science has, you know, you need, to, you need to prove God true first. Well, that's not a scientific question in the first place because you can't do that with science. It's just not able to do those kind of things. Um, and also, keep in mind that, that science changes all the time. Um, it's, it's not going to be the same tomorrow as it is now. Um, and it's, it's definitely got limitations. And, and science is, scientists are very aware of this. Um, and I think when you sit in a, like my classroom, for example, I sit there and tell you that everything's true and always will be this way. And that's just kind of how the school system works. But ultimately, that's not real. I mean, for example, probably many of you have, have flown in an airplane before. I got bad news for you. We don't know how those work. The truth is, when we built the airplane, we thought we knew how it flew. We thought we did. It was great. Um, and it worked, obviously, because we've all flown in planes. But it turns out that we actually were wrong. The theory that explained how planes worked, not true. And so we're in the process of coming up with a new theory that actually explains this thing that works. But um, just because there's not a theory there, like just because it can't be explained by a scientific theory, obviously doesn't mean the plane doesn't get off the ground, you know? So, yeah, there's, there's more there than just. Cool. So accepting kind of the limitations of it and yet being kind of thankful for it and leaning into it where you can. Okay. Danny, anything else to kind of add to that? Just kind of handles things to hold on to for us folks? I think we have fallen victim of a false dichotomy uh, that kind of states that science and uh, faith are mutually exclusive, and I don't really think that that is the case. Um, as you already said, um, I would say that 99% of the science base is not infringing on anything like it. I think there's just a couple of places where they seem to collide, which is evolution, uh, mir miracles, some of, some of those, uh, those things. Um, so I think I would be, first of all, uh, put that forward. Um, the second part is also science, uh, especially some of the, those, those heroes uh, or that, that came up that Joshua mentioned. At that time, they worked under the premise of there is a God and I can still do this. I mean, Isaac Newton 
was one of the guys who came up, said, God created by measure, by weight, and by numbers. So that's a clearly aligning, uh, aligning those two things. So for me, I think, um, and as I talked to, uh, to James, the interesting thing is, where do you see the biggest struggle between evolution or, uh, and creation or between faith and religion is most of the time in people who are either weak scientists or religiously weak or both. Um, I think they can fully well um, uh, be right, right next to each other um, as long as we know the limitations, especially of science, because obviously God is limitless. So uh, when we understand the, the, the framework, the parameters, the conditions of science, then I don't think that God has to be threatened, uh, be threatened one bit. Um, so I, I would agree with your statement, with the fact that it actually, to me, it has opened windows. I've seen marvelous things that, uh, that clearly point to something else than evolution. Um, I, I did sit around with these guys for over an hour talking about this stuff, and I could do it now as well, but I won't. That's really good information, good help, and good insight. Um, and I would just, uh, I think maybe we can step back. There's lots of conclusions we can draw from all these kinds of things, and we're going to let you draw them for yourself mostly. Um, but I think the main things that I'm hearing is we don't need to be, we don't need to be afraid, again, or threatened. And we can kind of lean into where science helps us in the process of learning and discovering, and even shaping our, our, our belief system or understanding about who God is. There seems to be discoveries being made all the time that are giving us new insights and new windows into who God is. But also, I guess the other thing is, I would just say, I don't think I've heard from you guys, and I hope you didn't hear from me, saying this is how you should believe or this is how you should think. Um, that, that within science and within faith, there's still, while we can give handles and point you in certain directions, there's still room um, for followers of Jesus to think differently about certain scientific issues. Because we remember, ultimately, that, um, you know, this is, uh, we don't worship Adam, you know, or we don't worship the Son, we worship Jesus, and as he gives us uh, a center, then that's what really unites us. This is, this is interesting and helpful as we engage in our society and also as we think about who God is. I appreciate you guys sharing very much. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that, uh, that you've given within Danny and Joshua just uh, and, and many others here in this room, really, and all of us at some level, this this hunger to know and to understand, this desire to, to get a, a deeper glimpse of you through the world that's all around us, and that you're helping us in that process. And thank you, God, that we can take that and we can factor it in at, at appropriate levels to our faith and our understanding of who you are, to just be strengthened and to be deepened in our faith. That's our desire for all of us here this morning, that we would be growing in you, that we wouldn't just kind of figure that we have all the answers, that we've got everything figured out, but that we would be pursuing your truth, your truth that is in all of nature and is in us with humility and with confidence that you will lead us and you will guide us in that process. So we pray that your church would represent you well in this arena. We pray for Christian scientists engaged in the academy and in, in universities 
and in schools and in practices uh, and in research around our world. And we pray that you would just guide and bless them in that process and, uh, and help all of us to have a deeper understanding of, uh, of what you're able to do and what you are doing through, uh, through this conversation between faith and science. We commit ourselves to you today and to further pursue. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, biologos.com is an interesting website. Biologos, a, a new word, combination um, that, uh, that a lot of Christian theologians and scientists are digging into. Great information there. Lots of great books. If you'd be interested in for, um, furthering this conversation, I'd love to continue to talk with you. Jake, sing for us. Lead us. Let's stand together, can't we?